Welcome to the sermon podcast feed of Liberty Church Collingswood, where we want to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in Collingswood and surrounding boroughs, or wherever God has placed you. Find us at libertycollingswood.org. Part of our mission is preaching sermons, so here you go. Keep in mind that these messages are designed to bring the timeless message of Jesus to bear in specific contexts to specific people, the whole eternal word, changing worlds thing. Would you hear good news here? Bon appétit. And he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of the Lord. And I just realized I was supposed to have you stand for that, and I forgot. I apologize. But the word of the Lord, nonetheless. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father God, thank you that we can be here together with you and with each other. And for those watching online, uh, even though there's distance between us, we are gathered here together in your name. And not only us here, but your people gathering in, in other places all over the world, gathering together in your name for your glory. Would you come and move in us now? Would you open our hearts would you open our minds? Would you step with your light into the darkness of our souls and, and our experiences and our, our lives and, and shine your light and bring your light? Thank you that you are a God of light and in you there is no darkness at all. Lord, I thank you for the people who are here that I get to spend this morning with. I thank you that you know every single one. Thank you that you know their needs and their desires and their hopes and their fears and their dreams. And I thank you that you are at work in each of us individually and all of us together. So God, we come to you. We ask for you to move in us now. Lord, speak through me now. Let it be your words and your power to accomplish the good that you want to in each of us, including me here this morning. We love you and pray this all in Jesus' name. So we're here on this January 8th, 2023, and at the risk of being entirely cliche, I'm going to start today by talking about New Year's resolutions, um, but not in a good way. Uh, it's funny to me that not only are New Year's resolutions themselves entirely cliche, um, but what has also become commonplace is scoffing at New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, I, I honestly think um, probably almost every time I hear people talking about New Year's resolutions, it's sort of in a making fun, scoffing, joking kind of way, like, oh, well, how many New Year's resolutions are you going to break this year? Or, you know, whatever. Like, um, but I'd like to give you something this morning that I hope you will keep. And not just a specific resolution, but um, hopefully a, a new rhythm 
uh, in life. <clears throat> because if you think about it, it seems that most resolutions that we make from year to year and then break from year to year are about doing more or adding more into our lives. For example, you know, I'm going to exercise more. Uh, I'm going to buy more healthy food and cook healthy meals more often. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more serving of some kind, or I'm going to finally do that project that I keep putting off. And, and none of that is bad. All of those are good things. And if you're doing that, man, more power to you. I, I hope you do it and stick with it. But let me ask you this, what does your soul feel when you think about that long list of things you should be doing and are supposed to be doing? What does your soul feel when you think about the things that your boss wants you to do or your parents want you to do or your kids want you to do or your spouse wants you to do or your pastors want you to do or maybe even things that you feel like God is wanting you to do? And it, sometimes that long list, and then on top of that, all of the things that I feel like I should be doing myself, all of that longer list, maybe sometimes, of things that I want for myself. And when we think about those lists and all of those things that we should be doing and ought to be doing and want to be doing, it can get really wearisome really fast, can it? I feel that. Because when we try to shove so many good things into our lives or into our schedules, it actually ends up being not a good, or it can actually become being not a good thing. And, and sometimes we engage in so much good that maybe we're missing out on best. And so I want you, I want to urge you this morning uh, to, to learn to do and to begin doing less. <clears throat> And before we get to the, the passage that I just read there, this beautiful in invitation by Jesus, I want to I circle back around to catch some other important verses, beginning with the Ten Commandments. Um, if you're using the Bibles there at your seats, it's on page 58, Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Or if you're a note taker or whatever, just want to jot down some of these passages and then spend some time looking at it later, uh, I invite you to do that. But <clears throat> Exodus 20. starting in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And this is God speaking to his people Israel. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. And this is a direct pull from uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 3, again, where it tells us that God rested on the seventh day. And I've always been kind of confused at that or wondered at that uh, when I think about that. Why would God need to rest? He's God. <laughs> He's all-powerful. Why would God need to rest? And I learned something really interesting this week. In both cases, back in Genesis 2, verse 3, and here in Exodus 20, the word there for rest does not mean rest in the way that we think of it, um, but merely to stop. To, to desist, to put an end to, to dwell, stay, set down, withdraw, cease, be quiet, be at rest. 
So it seems to me what, what is happening here is that God didn't rest from his work in the sense that we think of it like a weary person is exhausted and needs to rest. He simply stopped what he had been doing or stopped what he was doing. And here he's calling us to do the same. Verse 11 here again. <clears throat> For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day or stopped on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And those two words also stood out to me, that the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I think sometimes we have the tendency to think of the Ten Commandments or, you know, the, the Old Testament law, uh, like it's, it's just ugh, rules. Oh, but we don't have to follow that because we're like people of grace. We're New Testament people now. So it's just kind of like outdated and archaic. Um, but may we be reminded that God's commands, the things that he asks of us, the things that he gives us are not drudgery. <laughs> They're not just empty rules. Their life. He gives us things. He calls us to do things because he wants to give us life. And so this day, for the people of Israel, God blessed this day and made it holy. This was, this was a sacred, set-apart day that was ripe with blessing for his people. Inherent in this day, for those who would follow it, was blessing, was life. And that's what God wanted for his people. He wanted to give them life. He wanted to give them blessing. There was something special that he had ordained for that day for the people who would stop and obey him. There was something special in that day that he wanted to do in them or with them. It was blessing for his people, not drudgery. And by the way, speaking of blessing, like remember who these people were that God was speaking to. This was the people of Israel who had just, when, when God gave them the Ten Commandments, they had just come out of where? Egypt. Slavery. They were slaves. They had no rest. They were, they were forced. They were oppressed to work. They, they, were, they had cruel oppressors who would beat them if they weren't working, and they had no rest. They had no break. So I imagine it sounded a little bit different to them maybe than it does even to you or I today. The thought of, wait, we have a whole day that we don't have to work? Not only do we not have to work, but God is telling us not to? What a blessing, what a gift that God was giving his people here. <clears throat> and then finally, uh, the word Sabbath itself. God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. According to Strong's Dictionary of Hebrew Words, uh, the word Sabbath, the Hebrew word Shabbat, means, catch this, intermission. What do you think of when you hear the word intermission? A play, a musical, um, and, and why do they have an intermission when you go to a play? Well, it's so that you can go out and give them lots of money by buying snacks and 50-50 tickets. Um, well, actually, yes, probably that, but also... This, it, they're not stopping the show because they're done or because everybody's exhausted. They're pausing the show so that they can get ready for what's yet to come. Maybe it's costume changes or makeup changes or major set changes that can't happen in a quick little break. So they're pausing, they're stopping the work so that they can prepare for what's yet to come. And here God is telling us, stop, pause your work. Maybe with that same kind of idea, not because you're exhausted, not because you're done, 
but pause and stop to prepare for what's yet to come. There's blessing in this that I want for you. So God ordained this Sabbath day, or, or maybe perhaps uh, even a better way to think of it is that God ordained and blessed this healthy rhythm of rest and work in life, which is so opposite from how we normally <laughs> live our lives at this, uh, often at an unhealthy, driven pace here in our uh, Western culture, East Coast culture. Um, <clears throat> But God causes people to stop working, to pause, to set work down for a bit. And, and, and for his people, then, it's about obedience. It's about, am I going to trust God that his ways are better than my ways? Am I going to obey God and follow him and what he's calling me into and trust that there's something greater, maybe that I can't even see or that I can't even understand, but there's something here that God has that he wants to give me this gift um, and maybe in that pause, maybe in learning that way of life, I, I can realize and, and remember that it's not all about me, that the universe doesn't revolve around me, nor does it depend on me. And I feel like that when I get so driven in what I'm doing and what I feel like I have to do and what I have to get done, that if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. But I can stop and remember in these pauses that, that God is working that God is doing things, that there, there is much greater going on than what I can even see or comprehend. And so it's not all about me, and it doesn't depend on me, and I can, I can learn to trust God, that he is holding things up, that he is providing for me, that he is providing for others, that he is working, that there are things that he wants to do. And I can also, in that pause, find, okay, God, what is it that you're doing? What is it that I need to join you and, and by so doing, I can stay surrendered to him. There's another verse here, uh, Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. You can write that down. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. If you want to look at it in your Bible at your seats there, it's page 499. Um, <clears throat> but I like this. I think, it, I think it pulls a lot of these thoughts together beautifully. And here's what the psalmist writes. Unless the Lord builds the house... Those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he, God, gives to his beloved sleep. <laughs> Some of you are like, yes, God gives sleep. I like that verse. I need more of that. But here, like, this is such a beautiful thing, such a, a, a powerful and important reminder that whatever I'm putting myself into, whatever I, I'm feeling like driven or anxious about that I just need to do, 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 if God's not in it, there's no point in me doing it. <laughs> I need to find what he's doing. Where is he working? And join him in what he's doing. And we get into this habit, don't we, man? We just, we get in those anxious times or those, those stressed, crazy lifetimes where we're just like burning the candle at both ends, up early to bed late, eating the bread of anxious toil. That's, this is what I'm consuming. I'm consuming anxiety and I'm missing out on the gift that God wants to give for he gives to his beloved sleep. <laughs> it's this rhythm of rest and, and, and work that, that God has blessed and ordained. 
And then if we jump into the, into the Gospels, um, and as you read through the Gospels and, and look at the life of Jesus, there's a group uh, of people called the Pharisees. They were the, the religious leaders of the day, the ones who were teaching God's people the law. And they were constantly at Jesus. They were coming after Jesus all the time, and probably most commonly, even though I didn't count, but it seems like most commonly they come after him because of Jesus breaking the Sabbath. And what that meant to them was, okay, God has said you can't work on this day, so here's what that means. And they kind of spelled out their list of what that means, that you can't work on the Sabbath. And Jesus kept doing things that they didn't like on the Sabbath. And so they would say, hey, you can't do that on the Sabbath. You can't do this on the Sabbath. You can't heal on the Sabbath. You can't, you can't um, pick wheat and eat like your disciples are doing on the Sabbath. That's against the law. They had taken this gift, what God had given, and turned it into an empty... Um, legalistic religion, a wearisome religion. And so Jesus kept reminding them, uh, well, like he did in Mark 2, 27, he said, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. This is not some all holy day that uh, just like this extra rule so that people will follow this day. The day was meant to be a gift for people. Hear God's heart in that. And we also see Jesus modeling this God-ordained rhythm of rest and work. Luke 5, 15 and 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him. To J Jesus, this is. Yet the news spread about Jesus all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So we see him, Jesus himself, pulling out of the busyness, pulling out of the demands to get away and be with his father and find rest. So I guess in all of this, um, the more I'm coming to understand God's design for Sabbath, not just, not just the day, but, but this life rhythm of rest and work, the more I'm realizing that I think we get it wrong in our mindsets. I think we think of it often as that we need to rest from our work, resting from our work. And so we go, 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 do, 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 until we're exhausted, and then we kind of just crash at the end of the week, and nobody talked to me, I just want to veg out on Netflix. Nobody talked to me, I just want to read my book. Um, resting from our work. And I, <clears throat> and, then, and then, oh, and now it's Monday, okay, I gotta get up and do it all over again, go to school and go to work and do it all over again. Um, and I think what God modeled at creation and what Jesus modeled throughout his ministry and life is not resting from our work, but maybe more, rather, working from our rest. It's this idea of stopping, pausing, taking time to focus on God. Let him fill me. Let him prepare me for what's yet to come and then go do it with joy, out of that fullness that I've gained from my rest. I think it's a very backwards way of thinking from the way that we usually do things. And when I talk about that, working, doing with joy and out of fullness, how does that sound to your soul? How does that sound to your soul? So let's come back to this invitation that I read earlier 
uh, in Matthew 11, this, this invitation of Jesus that he gives us into rest. But I want to read it this time uh, from the message version. I think, um, I think sometimes when we hear things just a little bit different or words that we're not used to or a, a version that's not quite so common, it just kind of catches us in a different way. And I think there's some beautiful things here. So here's how the, the message version puts it, the same invitation of Jesus. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. What do you want? What does your soul want within you? Everyone always talks about how crazy busy it's been. You know, isn't that the first thing people say? Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, good. It's just been crazy lately. <laughs> it's like the first thing that we say. As if we're like waiting for life to slow down. As if we're going to get to a point and life is just going to pause. Well, guess what? It's not. Life is never going to slow down. Life is never going to stop. But you can. You can learn to take hold of your life and your schedule and, and organize it or, or manage it in a new way with God's help. Make some even, even simple changes and learn to live in those unforced rhythms of grace. So how? Let me get practical um, just for a, a few minutes. And again, I just encourage you in the, under the sermon notes page there, jot down a few of these ideas if it kind of clicks with you um, and then spend some time praying this week and see what might work well for you. First of all, and this is nothing new, we hear people talk about this a lot, but it really is true. It's okay to say no to things. There's constantly going to be demands on you. It's okay to say no sometimes. Here's, here's I, and I don't like saying no to people because then you just feel like a jerk. Um, but so here's something that I've learned that helps with that, I think. Uh, so whenever somebody asks me to do something, I mean, not like, hey, can you help me carry this? I'm struggling with these bags, sure. But if some, it's something that's going to change my schedule or get added to my schedule, I don't give an answer right away except, all right, let me, you know, let me think about that and pray about that, and I'll get back to you. Um, and then I'm not saying no and feeling like a jerk just right off the bat because maybe it is something that God wants me to do. But I'm also not just saying yes right off the bat and then regretting it later like, oh man, I just really, I can't do this. <laughs> but maybe that's a simple line that you can um, start saying uh, when people ask you to do something. Let me think about that, pray about that, and I'll get back to you. And then actually do that. Pray about it. And then whatever you feel like God is putting on your heart, do that. Um, and then here are some other things that I've learned or am learning, ways to sort of stop the work and focus on God, get kind of realigned with God and let him fill me and prepare me for what's yet to come. And one thing that I've been doing or trying to do at least is actually to take a Sabbath day, which is hard to do, I know, but I try to make every Friday my Sabbath day. 
Um, and here's, here's what I do. You know, maybe sometimes we kind of have this idea, what is the Sabbath? We just have to sit around and pray all day. Um, it's not that. I, um, although prayer is important. Scripture is important. So a lot of times on my Sabbath days, I do spend a little bit longer time in Scripture, studying Scripture, maybe than what I have time for through the week. Spend some time praying, of course, uh, worshiping. But I also often go hiking um, or go for a nice run or, or ride my bike out to a park or just sit around, spend some time reading a book that I haven't gotten to read in a while. Sometimes I take a nap. <laughs> Sometimes I uh, just spend time with family, like after they get home from school and work and that kind of stuff. I think the point of Sabbath is... It's about doing things that are joy-giving, that are life-giving, not life-draining, um, and, and also just finding ways that I can really deeply connect with God on that day. So that's, what, that's one thing that I've been really trying to do, and I encourage you to do that as well. Uh, if you're a family or a couple that has little kids, you might need to help each other where one takes it one day and one takes it on another day, or if doing a whole day is really is too hard, I encourage you to try a half day or even two hours or something. Just try to add some intentional Sabbath time into your week. And then here's a, a number of other, just a list of some other smaller things, ways that I uh, try to just pause throughout the day, throughout my week. Um, and again, all of this, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, all of this assumes that you are spending regular time with God because that's so important, just each day in prayer, worship, Bible study, but, but here's some maybe things to consider for you. Um, you might want to consider spending time with God in the morning instead of at night. Um, there's nothing wrong with spending time with God at night, and that's better than not at all. So if that's you, awesome. But maybe consider trying it in the morning, and here's why. It's kind of this idea of I'm going to stop, I'm going to pause, I'm going to get full, and then I'm going to go do. Instead of spend my day doing, and then have a little time with God, and then just go to bed. But when I spend time with God in the morning, I feel like God gives me some direction sometimes, or he just fills me up, he strengthens me, and then I can go and, and get into my day doing out of that fullness that I've received in the morning. So maybe that's a simple change that might work for you. Uh, for those of you who walk to school or drive to school or walk to work or drive to work, um, I encourage you maybe sometimes just try to take out the earbuds or turn off the radio, spend some time praying or spend some time just enjoying the silence and the beauty that's around you. And it could be just a simple way to add five or 10 or 20 minutes of, of time with God or time in silence, time just kind of receiving rest uh, before you get into the day. Another thing that I've been trying to do is I just set my alarm on my phone a few times throughout the day. And when it goes off, I just I try to stop what I'm doing and take like two minutes and just kind of just get still, focus on God, just kind of get myself retuned, realigned with him. So maybe that would work for you, setting an alarm on your phone. Um, and then another thing, it, just find what fills you. Do you know what fills you? Could, could you answer that question? What are the things that just really are life-giving to you? Um, I've found over the years that there are things that I do that are relaxing, but not necessarily restful. Uh, like watching TV. I, I enjoy just, you know, watching the Eagles game or, you know, whatever it is, just watching something or like movies and all of that. Um, but sometimes that's just kind of like vegging out and it's, it's relaxing to me, but it's not really restful. And so maybe there are things like that for you that you're doing that maybe it's kind of how you crash. 
uh, kind of how you veg out, but maybe it's not really filling you. So maybe uh, maybe you need to think about that a little bit. Just wrestle with God a little. What are the what are the things that I do that really make me feel alive? It's <laughs> a good question to ask. Um, so challenge you to just kind of work this week at, at praying through some of this, thinking through some of this, and, and maybe see which one of these would, would incorporate well into your life. Um, if you're married, talk about it with each other, talk about it with God. If you're single, um, maybe talk about it with a friend. Um, maybe you can each do something together and, and kind of hold each other accountable in that, but I encourage you just to try one of these ideas for like a week at a time. Try different ideas and just see what's going to work for you. And try to make room for Sabbath in one way. If it's start with an hour, maybe a half day, work toward a whole day. I think in all of this, what I want for you or what I, what I hope for you, what I pray for you is the same thing that I want for myself. I, I want and I pray that you will learn to live, that we <laughs> will learn to live more and more as God's people in such a way where we're learning to experience God's rest and not life's stress. I want us as God's people to experience God's rest, not life's stress in increasing ways because it's available. It's a gift that God wants to give us as his people. Know that God's commands are, are meant for blessing not drudgery, not rules. <laughs> They're meant for blessing and protection and life and freedom and healing. In fact, if you're here this morning and you're not yet following Jesus or you're not sure where you're at with God, this can still apply to you and you can live in God's ways and find blessing in that. It will help you. I believe it will improve your life. But even more than that, um, I invite you to come to Jesus because that's really where it has to start. We, we need to understand that his ways are better than our own. And ultimately, none of us will truly experience the rest that God wants to give until we find that rest in Jesus. So whether you, you aren't yet sure where you're at with God, whether you know him for a long time, whether you don't yet know him, Jesus' invitation is open to all of us. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Hey, could that have been the best sermon ever? Eh, the odds are strongly not in its favor. Still, thanks for listening, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also check out our version of a preaching after party, the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem on the same podcast feed where you can go backstage with the sermon. Live, speak, and serve at you later.